Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning, it's good to be in your house. It's good to be together. It's good to have a chance to worship you. Name above all names, worthy of all praise. May that be the the song in our hearts this morning. Lord, I ask that you would quiet us even now. As we make preparation to sit around the table, as we prepare to sing your praise and to hear your voice. Quiet us. Quiet us that we might hear you. The busyness of this week should fade away. The Sabbath rest should be today. A chance to step aside from the busyness of the week and to rest in your arms. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you put in our place. Lord, we, we're reminded that you established this, <laughs> the scripture says this morning, that you established this as a covenant for generations, and now we can say generations and generations and generations to come. You established it, Lord, so that we wouldn't forget how great our God is. And if we do forget that we get a chance to be reminded on a regular basis. And so, Lord, take us there this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture is Exodus 31, 12 through 18. So then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrated it, desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days work is to be done. But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. May God add his blessing to the scriptures as we prepare our hearts this morning to sit around the table. Child, we're going to forego uh, prayer and praise time. I apologize, but we are way behind. And little kids need to get out. 
get some energy out. Um, I, I say we're going to forego with the mic, but I want to make mention that in your, right in front of where you're sitting, there are these little purple papers. Please feel free to write your prayer uh, requests and your praises on there uh, and put them in the offering. Uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we still care. It doesn't mean we don't care. We just are trying to be cognizant of time. Trying to see if you guys look rested or not. Anybody sleeping yet? <laughs> no. Well, you can, but you'll probably get elbowed. Oh, you just can. You're right. <laughs> two for two. See, I'm awake, Ken. I know who you are. Good morning. So what have you learned about rest? This is the third week, third passage. If you've been reading along, I, I realize that I probably should have had you read Exodus chapter 20 to 31, like 11 chapters, uh, because I'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, there's a whole system of things going on in that uh, 10 or 11 chapters that God's telling God's people uh, about Sabbath and about rest and about what worship should look like. So I'm curious what you have read uh, this week and maybe from the other weeks and what you've put together about Sabbath rest, about the rest uh, that we can have in God. Now, I asked this Wednesday night and I got the same blank look, no answers, no responses, and that was pretty disheartening. I think they were sleeping, though. I'm curious what you've heard about rest. What? Let's just ask about, let's talk about today's passage. What did you hear about rest today? Do it or what? Do it or die, right? Yeah. A covenant. Yes, absolutely. A covenant of holiness, right? Which is a whole lot bigger than just coming to church on Sunday morning and filling a pew for an hour, right? One of the things that really stuck out to me was that, right? This is a covenant, a promise between you and God. For generations, and he says generations in multiple places, which is heavy to me. A promise, a covenant no less than uh, or no different than a covenant of marriage uh, and other covenants that God had with God's people. What else did you hear? Anything? Oh, man. Good. I'm glad you didn't hear anything this week. That's perfect. How can I preach a bad sermon if you haven't heard anything? Just kidding. I want to share with you, though, some, some things about rest and about Sabbath rest, the holy rest, the covenant with our God. Did you know, I, I don't know, I, I like this picture. It kind of reminds me, it's like the new wave of, like, uh, there'll probably be someone building one of these, right? You, can, you too can, what was that moon thing called, honey? The moon, they took a beanbag chair and they made it extremely expensive and no less comfortable, and they called it some moon, what was it? We laugh at the commercial every time because they make, they make a stupid beanbag chair, which we've known for 50 years, right? Throw a little bit of little insulation in there, make a beanbag chair. Cost probably two bucks to make. And they called it some moon thing, and it was going to be way better than the beanbag chair. Well, if you ever been, if you ever sat on a beanbag chair, you know why they're not, no one has them in their house, right? They're awful. <laughs> They're not fun. They're not good. And what happens when you put a little tear in them? They're everywhere. So you have a party, yeah, or your dog has a party. So we're, we're talking today about the Sabbath rest that God gave his people, right? And you may remember that he gave them 
to them uh, in Exodus 20, uh, the part of the Ten Commandments. And I know that's hard to read, but the fourth one is, um, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. And I bet you're wondering, what does Sabbath have to do with apples? Right? Well, God realized that his people were amongst a world, a secular world, where, where people did things different than God's people. And so when God set apart his people, he set them apart for a reason. He wanted them to look different, to be different, to act different, and to respond differently then the world responds. You may remember when he calls Abraham out. He calls him out of his people. And he says, I, if you will follow me, I will make you a people. As many as the grains of sand is what the scripture says. And so as God is building his, his people, setting us, their, his people apart and setting them aside and helping them to figure out who they are, he recognizes that they need a Sabbath. They need a rest. They need to look a little different than all of those around them. See, here's what the people that are around them look like. All the people around them sold their wares, their their goods, their services, whatever it was, they sold them seven days a week. And so every day these people showed up with whatever they had to offer. That's how they made their money. They worked seven days a week. And God says, listen, you'll work six days a week and you'll trust me for the seventh. You're going to stick out you're going to look different. You're going to do life a little differently than all your friends and those around you. Now, I say that I wish you would have read from Exodus 20 to 31. If you get a chance, read uh, at least 23 to 31. It talks about... Um, Exodus 23 and, and forward talks about what the Sabbath will look like and what worship will look like. And God lays out uh, what the table will look like and all those pieces he puts out in front of his people. He says, this is how it's going to go. This is what I want it to look like. I, I'm very, very particular about how I want you to do this. And one of the last verses before the scripture we're reading, it talks about, I want to make sure, this is my paraphrase, I want to make sure, God says, that you understand that, that, the, that the God's small g, the idols that others are worshiping, don't look anything like uh, what you're doing. I don't want that to be on your lips, is what he says. So God is asking his people, work six days, but make sure you keep the seventh holy. Now there are some who would be challenged that Sunday is the seventh, right? 
Most of the Jewish would say, Jews would say that Sunday would be the first day of the month or of the week, and Saturday would be the Sabbath. Either way, what God is asking is that we take one day and we make it holy. And so God is asking his people to do something different than the rest of the world. Sound familiar? Does that sound familiar to you today? God is asking you to do something different than the rest of the world. Just because the world doesn't, doesn't mean we have to follow suit. And as this scripture says, listen, if you don't listen, we're going to kill you. That's pretty rough punishment, don't you think? If you want, for extra credit, you can go to Exodus 35, 34. I can't remember. What was it, Kelly? 34 or 35? We, we did it on Wednesday night. There's a great story in Exodus 34 or 35. Guy gets caught gathering wood. He gets caught gathering sticks. Now, we, it doesn't say if he was a repeat offender. i got to wonder if he was a repeat offender. But he gets caught gathering sticks. They take him into custody. And God says, go and stone him. Now, maybe he was a repeat offender who would not listen. I don't know. It doesn't say. But it's a pretty interesting reminder how serious God takes the Sabbath. It also reminds me, and I asked myself this question, how serious am I not taking the Sabbath? Am I making time for God? Am I giving Him the time that He is due? Or can I just say I, add up, I added up the 10 minutes on Monday plus the 10 minutes on Tuesday plus the 15 minutes on no, Wednesday, I went to, I went to, uh, went on Wednesday night, so I got an hour there. So that's an hour plus 15. So if I add all my week together, I might get enough for an eight-hour day. How about that, God? Is that, enough, is that enough Sabbath that I can do something extra on Sunday? Or do I need to just lay in bed? From midnight to midnight. And would that be enough for Sabbath? It's challenging to me when I read this passage. It challenges me that I need to make some changes in my life. I need to make it look a little different about how I'm responding and how I'm resting. And the passage is plain. It, remembering the Sabbath reminds me to give pause for God. Right? At its very core, that's the idea. God set the, the Sabbath in place for a reason. That I would give pause to remember that God is my God. Verse 2 says, You shall surely observe the Sabbath, for this is a sign, or as Paul said, a covenant between you and I for generations. An opportunity to pause. Do you realize that all the other things in our life, are, uh, all the other time that we, we uh, calculate is uh, by lunar or by the moon? Did you ever think about that? 24 hours of approximately, there's, you know, that's why we get a leap year once in a while, is a, is a lunar thing. The year is a lunar thing. The month is a lunar thing. 
Do you realize that a week has no lunar connection? God set it apart. He set it separately from what they would normally do because they didn't have digital watches. They didn't have iPhones with watches connected to tell them what time it was. God set the Sabbath apart. Why? Because, just just be honest, we lose track of time, do we not? We're awful at it. Do you? Oh, I just want to let you know, did you remember that this is uh, Labor Day weekend? And how many of you said, holy cow, where is the summer gone? Right? Why? Because we lose track of time. The last thing we remember was July 4th, and somehow we already got to September. We missed August. We're bad at time. We're really bad at time. We don't manage it well. We lose track of it. And God knows we lose track of time. And he set this reminder, hey, every seventh day, make sure you take time to make it holy. And as Paul said, it was a covenant, a handshake, something that would help us Uh, that promise to remind us for generations to generations. And that doesn't mean as much today as it did then. Remember that they had an oral tradition, and all of a lot of what happened in their life, they didn't write it all down for a lot of years. They it was orally translated to your children. And the scripture in Deuteronomy tells us, uh, tell it to them when Mark said this morning, tell them to them when they wake up, tell it to them when they fall asleep, tell it to them when you're eating, tell it to them when you're going for a walk. Remind them of the promises of God. It's a spiritual reminder for us. It's a spiritual reminder because the reality is this. Sometimes we have great weeks and we are on the mountaintop. Probably when some of the people came back from the mission trip, they felt like they were on the mountaintop. Right? If you've ever been on a mission trip where you've had an exciting time, you saw God work, right? As Donnie calls them, God moments. We watched him, uh, God work in our midst. Uh, we felt like God was really close to us. We had a week of not working our normal job, and so it was special. Um, those moments were awesome. And we feel like we're on the top of a mountain. That's how you feel after a week of vacation, maybe, if you hide, right? Some weeks we come to church and we're feeling the lowest of lows. It has been a dark, hard week. And we have struggled to get back to Sunday. And we need to come and worship God. We need to come because we need the Sabbath. And the verse says... Keep the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Holy. An opportunity to worship. An opportunity to worship God. So it's not just about warming a pew. It's not just about doing our duty and finding a seat. It's not just about throwing something in the offering plate. It's about coming to worship. It's about singing our hearts out. Not because we're good at it or bad at it. Because we recognize 
that God is our God. I hope when you sang How Great Is Our God, that you didn't just sing the words for something to sing because it's a nice tune, but that you sang it because you mean it. That as you sang the song, you were reminded of how great our God is and how He has worked in your life. And we take that time, that energy, to be reminded that He is great in our life. See, because what's happened in our world is that we've made Sunday, the world has made Sunday another day. Almost like a bonus day to put in your pocket. If you didn't get all your groceries on uh, Friday and Saturday, you can get them on Sunday. If you didn't get your golf game on on Saturday because you were doing something else, you can get it on Sunday. Doesn't mean you can't go golfing. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy uh, something or go to the store. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that we live in a world now where it wants to recognize no days. And we call them the old blue laws, right? And we, we make fun of them because oh, those are just a silly church idea. Why would we even do that? And we're guilty of trying to make Sunday an extra day. To catch up on anything we haven't caught up on. Well, I haven't, I haven't mowed my grass for three days and it looks kind of high. And so I'm not saying you can't mow your grass on Sunday. Please hear me. What I'm saying is our attitude quickly becomes, I'll just use Sunday to fill in all that extra stuff I didn't get done for the last six days. And the scripture says, Make it holy. It really comes down to this. Does your schedule honor God? And I have to ask myself that question. And and I have been for about three weeks really just struggling with that idea. If my my grass can be mowed on Sunday... It can be mowed on Saturday or Monday. If there's time to spend with my wife, maybe it should be well spent and not mowed in my yard. Or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. I like to use the lawn because I like my lawn nice. I don't like hay fields. But here's the question. Is my schedule honoring God? See, what I've come to realize in my own life, it's not Sunday that's the problem. It's that I put 10 things in a five-pound box for, for five or six days in a row, and then I try to come to church and try to honor God, but I've already packed so much stuff in the week before that I can never even, there's no extra there anywhere. No squeak or wiggle room. And when I get to Sunday, I'm so wore out. So tired. Or I'm looking to finish up something I didn't do on Thursday because I filled Thursday so full that I didn't give God any time uh, during the week either. Does your schedule 
honor God. That's what God is asking his people to do then and now. Honor me with your time. Give me the time that I deserve as your God. It's kind of heavy. The final thing that's refreshing the Sabbath, remembering the Sabbath, is that it refreshes our walk. That's what that last, second to the last verse, verse 17 said on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed refreshed we should come to church we should spend our 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 holy day our sabbath and feel refreshed which means we aren't making plans for the next week filling our spots again on sunday wondering why we get to the next week and it's so full. Be refreshed. Friday, my wife and I decided, hey, let's go for a bike ride. Terrible plan. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah, I got some more stories about the bike. I don't know if I have time today. We're going to go for a bike ride. Now, mind you, we bought bikes two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. I don't know. And those bikes have about 20 miles on them. They were well worn. The little butterball, the little, what are those little things called? The, the little sticky thing, rubber things that are on the end of your tire? They're still there because we haven't worn them off yet. It was a great plan for exercise. But you realize that we have a hard time finding time. I used to blame the truck, but now I got a truck, so I can't even blame that. I got no excuses. So we decided we're going to go to Titusville and go for a ride. It's only 10, I told her, I said, it's only 10 miles one way. 10 miles? Are we going to be able to do 10 miles? No, probably we'll be dead at the end of 10. I don't know. We'll see. We have no backup plan, but we do have a cell phone. We'll call 911 or something, I guess. If it works. If it works, yeah, where we were at, I don't even know. So we get on the bikes and we go for a ride. And it's hilarious. If you ever go from Titusville to Oil City or whatever, Petroleum Center, I think is what it's called. The first, literally the first quarter mile is the, the, probably the worst, the steepest part, right? Because it goes, it goes up the hill and you get on the railroad bed and then the rest of it's not bad at all. But it's hilarious because you're like, first quarter mile, you're like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> this is terrible. Just turn around and put the truck, put them back in the truck. But my wife got ahead of me and I couldn't tell her, so she, I couldn't turn around. So we went for a ride. And I don't know, we, the joke was we didn't, she wanted to do 20 miles. We only did 9.7 because that's all it is. But we did ride around the parking lot a little bit. So we, you know how you round it up, right? All you need is, was, all we need is point one. We make the 9 point, uh, or, uh, 19.5. That took us to round it up to 20. Well, that's, so that's how we got, creatively got to 20 miles uh, on, on Friday. Um, no, I was not dead. I, I, I got some sore spots. Let's just let me tell you that. One of them is the seat. Let's just put it that way. That's all I'll say, Ken. <laughs> 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 
good one. But when we got to the end, we took one bottle of water apiece, and we're like conserving, you know. You're like, might die halfway, and we're conserving. Don't want to drink that water. That looks bad. Uh, drink half the bottle. We get back, and you know, and this is how we felt, right? You're like, oh, I'm dying. We get back, get the bikes in the thing. We're like, <laughs> But my wife said in the truck, I said, did you like it? She said, I felt really refreshed. It was good to get out and expend some energy and almost run over chipmunks. <laughs> and she was in front of me, so all the chipmunks, they must have a game. I think they have a game. It's like, how close can they get to the tires and not get hit? Because she's like, ah! I'm like, squash them little suckers. If they get in the way, they're dead. <laughs> so, then, so then on the way back, I'm, you know, we're, having, we're, we're just riding, and she gets ahead of me, and I'm making, so I catch up to her, and I'm making fun of her, you know? I'm like, <laughs> you want to race? She looks at me and smiles, and then she just goes, and she's gone. <laughs> and I cannot catch her. I'm telling you, she's got longer legs than me. That's the excuse I'm using, and I'm going to stick with it. I also think she makes moves wind better than I. Just saying. <laughs> You know what stopped her, right? Well, I had the keys in my pocket. That helped. The other one was she literally got out of sight. I could no longer see her. I'm like, well, I'll catch, her, I'll catch up with the truck. She says, I got ahead of you, and I couldn't see you anymore. And I thought, what if a bear comes out? <laughs> I might get eaten. So she says, I turned around, and I waited for you. So she did let me catch up. And I think I, I was more dangerous at the last quarter mile, so I went down the hill faster. She was safer. So I did beat her. I did beat her. I just want to say. <laughs> I would have been a half an hour behind otherwise, but she made sure I was okay in one piece. But she said, I felt refreshed. So I'm assuming that means we'll have to go again. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when we sat around the table this morning, I really wanted to feel refreshed. I wanted to feel God's presence in my life reminding me that He is still in control. And I hope you felt that this morning. I hope you experienced that reminder that God is still in control no matter what your week has looked like. No matter what it looks like going forward. No matter what happens when we walk back out the door this morning. God has it all covered up. He's got it all under control. Oh, and that verse I told you about. This is the verse from Exodus 23. It says, be careful to do everything I have said. Do not invoke the names of other gods and do not let them be heard on your lips. God is making a point to his people. I want you to do it this way for a reason. I don't want it to look like you're worshiping any other gods. I don't want the name of those other gods on your lips. I want people to see a difference in you. I want people to see that if you, you don't have to work that seventh day. That I... God will take care of you. We're going to sing in a minute a song called 10,000 Reasons. And 
My hope is this. My hope when we sing this song is that you worship God because you got lots of reasons to worship him. My hope is that you sing like you've never sung before. That you recognize his holy name is powerful because he is the God of this world, this creation. He has created everything. He is our God. And that he set it up because he loves us. He didn't set up the Sabbath for something to do. He didn't set up the Sabbath to make you feel bad. He set up the Sabbath so you would find rest in him. The challenge for us is will we find that rest in him? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you give wisdom and strength. And Lord, we have so many reasons to worship you. Your son, Jesus, came and went to that cross. And Lord, that is reason enough. Thank you for the sacrifice. In your name we pray. Amen.